0: Hello friends, I just wanted to come on before I start my conversation with Brandon and let you guys know what we're going to be talking about this week. Um, This is a really cool episode, at least for me, because I am a college student and I feel like a lot of my followers are as well. Um, We talk a lot today about college loan payback programs, which I actually didn't know were a thing until maybe a few months ago. Um, a really helpful tool as well as like down payment assistance and just a lot of hacks for when you buy your house that you should know about um, so that you can walk in to get your pre-approval and know exactly what you are going to be getting. But I hope you guys enjoy. Please make sure to follow Brandon on all of his social media and I will see you guys next week. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rent Free with Mackenzie Davis. Today I'm here with Brandon from Caliber Home Loans, and he's going to introduce himself a little bit before we start getting into the topic of today's
1: episode. Yeah, so uh, I really do appreciate you um, having me on and, and taking some time to turn you, Mackenzie. Uh, so for anybody listening, my name is Brandon Rodriguez. Um, I'm a loan officer with Caliber Home Loans. Um, I mainly serve the DMV area. So, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. I'm also licensed in Delaware and Pennsylvania. Um, I'm focused on first-time home buyers and young buyers, and then hopefully we kind of get into that a little
0: bit today. Yeah, awesome. And as far as your company goes, like, you said you're licensed in those states, but Caliber's 50 states, right?
1: Yep, Caliber's nationwide. Um, We are one of the largest private lenders uh, in the country. I actually think that we're number two. As far as science side goes, so we are definitely,
0: um, you know, probably vocal to wherever you're at. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and so Brandon and I were talking a little bit the other day about how it's so common for college students to feel sort of lost and also just young people. I mean, you don't have to be a college student, but it's common to be in college and have loans. and. Um, Even friends like I've had in the past have been so confused by the idea that they would actually be eligible to purchase a home because they have so much debt. And so what we wanted to talk about today is like really getting into like the nitty gritty of like how you can finance that. And there's so many programs out there that um, will actually help you in that specific situation. So Brandon, like you have mentioned that you, your company has programs specific for student loans. Can you talk like a little bit about like what that's called and like what the perks and stuff are?
1: Yeah, so um, in Maryland specifically, it is um, called the MMP, which stands for Maryland Mortgage Program. Now, as far as I know, um, most states have something very similar, um, but the one that I'm gonna be specifically referencing is the one that is in Maryland. Um, so for student loans, um, well, actually, first of all, there's uh, a ton of first-time homebuyer uh, programs within the MMP, um, so definitely something to look up. But as far as the specific student loan product, um, it's called M32 Smart Buy. Um, and what the Smart Buy program is, it basically it allows for up to $30,000 on your student loans to be paid off at the time of purchase. Your house or at the time of the purchase of your house. Um, now, there, obviously, there's going to be some parameters as far as income, um, credit, uh, you know, the amount of student loans that you have. So, um, the main thing is that the, the full amount has to be paid off. Um, so, you can't have um, you know forty thousand dollars in debt and pay off thirty thousand of it. You have to have thirty thousand or less, and that has to be paid off in full. Um, now, so if you're anywhere in between that $1,000 and $30,000 amount, then you're good to go. Um, it's a really great option. It also offers down payment assistance on top of that. So it's it's really actually um, a cool product for um, first-time homebuyers or, or those right out of college.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, how does that work exactly? Because obviously that's a great perk, but like, what are what are the kind of cons? Like, in how do interest rates go and, and things like that?
1: So, yeah, so you know, you, it's, it's too good to be true, right? It can't just be, um, you know, you get all that paid off. So the interest rates are definitely going to be higher than whatever you're daily. So let's just say that the average rate for today is going to be 4%. Um, if you're going to go into that program, you're going to be looking at one5 um, to 2% above that mark. So you're going to be looking at the 55 to 6% range. Um, and then the down payment assistance. Um, so it is a uh, deferred loan. Um, so what that means is that um, you do get a certain amount and it's actually $5,000 is what they offer. Um, and that amount becomes due and payable whenever you uh, get rid of the house or refinance or anything like that. Um, additionally, you know, if you're not planning to stay in that house for loan, um, the $30,000 of the student loan forgiveness um, is paid over five years. Um, So what that means is that 20% each year is paid off. So if you only stay there for three years, then you only get 60% of that amount paid off. You have to stay in the home for the full five years in order to get that full amount. So those are kind of the drawbacks to it. Um, But I mean, if you have student loans in that amount, it's kind of a no brainer, it really is.
0: Yeah, and then, so how does that interest rate does it change at all? Like if you pay off the full amount, could you like refinance and go lower or is that just kind of always gonna be the interest rate when you're going in for this kind of a loan?
1: Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, So for the first, you know, however many years that you're gonna be there until that loan is paid off, it is a fixed rate, right? Um, So you're gonna be at that five and a half or 6% or whatever that is. Um, Now after that amount, you can refinance um, so you're able to refinance into something more conventional, such as a, just a conventional fixed loan, um, which is what the standard loan is. Um, and generally, you know, depending on where we're at in the market, obviously it's a kind of a crazy time right now. Um, but, you know, that rate is probably going to be a little bit lower. Uh, so that's obviously a good option as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, um, and I know, I don't think you said this today, but when we spoke before, you mentioned, like, the qualifications for this kind of loan, like, you would have to have a higher credit score. Like, are there any other things that you kind of need to have before you can qualify?
1: Yeah, so uh, 720 credit score, um, which, you know, is a little bit on the higher end, um, especially if you are a young buyer. Um, but if you can, you know, get to that point, there's also, uh, also going to be income limits and, and where that is, you can't make over a certain amount of money. Um, and now off the top of my head, um, I'm not positive what that is, um, because it does change depending on uh, the county that you're in. Gotcha. Um, but typically it's going to be anything over six figures, which for a young or first time employer um most likely they're not going to be in that range so um really the main
0: hurdle is going to be that right right okay awesome and then something else you mentioned was like down payment assistance so say you don't qualify for the student loan payback program like and you want to get down payment assistance what exactly is that and how does that work
1: yeah so down payment assistance um is you know, just as it sounds, right? You're going to get help from whatever program or product um, that it is, whether it's from the specific that you're using, whether it's a state-run program, um, specifically the Maryland program. And uh, I do know that most states, actually, I think all 50 states, have some similar program for down payment assistance. And they have a couple of different options they have. Uh, mainly, it's going to be grants or loans, right? So a grant um you're going to get that uh, that amount of money whatever it is uh in maryland you can have the option of five thousand dollars flat uh three percent of your loan or four percent of your loan um now when you take that grant you don't have to pay it back however you're going to have a higher interest rate right so that's kind of the, the give and take there um and then the loan part of it is the same as um you know that smart buy what it's going to be is a deferred loan so you get an amount again it's going to be five thousand dollars flat or three percent or four percent of the loan amount but you do have to pay that back um at the end of your loan so whether you go to the the life of your loan or you refinance or you sell um that amount becomes due and payable um and again you do have to take a higher interest rate it's not going to be as high as say the grant um but obviously there has to be some sort of trade-off um And then, you know, there's other programs that have 0% down and things like that. I'm not sure if you wanted to talk about those as well. I mean, um, you know, USDA is a great program, 0% down. Um, VA, if you're, you know, a young veteran or just a veteran in general, um, 0% down. Um, You actually were talking about that HUD program um, the other day, which is really interesting as well. Those are gonna be for foreclosures, obviously, um it's still you know, a great way to just kind of get, to, get
0: to the board. yeah absolutely and i i try to learn a little bit more about hud but i'm still kind of unfamiliar with the whole process there like is that program eligible or if you don't know it's okay but like eligible for anyone or i think that like what i was reading was saying that it's only for like, teachers or community, like, people or those in, like, um, underprivileged areas. So is that typically the case?
1: Yeah, so so there are a few different HUD products. Um, I think the one that you had specifically mentioned was the Dollar
0: Down. Yeah.
1: There's a couple of different programs that they run, but generally speaking, it's going to be for the lower income, lower credit type of borrower. Gotcha. Um, and the reason that is is because, obviously, they're taking – um, these foreclosures in areas that um, are not as built up, or um, you know, however you want to kind of explain that, but the, the areas are going to be um, maybe not the most sought after, right? So they want to give an opportunity for those lower income, lower credit people to get into the housing market, right? To give them a chance to be a homeowner,
0: right.
1: um, and, and that's kind of where it is. But you know, it, if you fit the bill, you know, if you check the boxes as far as what those parameters are, then, you know, it can be for anyone. It's not necessarily, you know, you have to have a specific
0: occupation or anything like that. Okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And, And, you know, we're talking like a lot about credit here and different credit scores and things like that. And I feel like as a younger person, you know, we don't like learn this stuff in high school, like it's just kind of something that you have to figure out and like, I always tell people, like, get a credit card on your 18th birthday and just start there. But when you sit down with someone who's looking to buy a home and get them pre-qualified, if they're not exactly ready in the credit department, what kind of things do you suggest to people to kind of improve their score or, like, just take steps to, to get it in a better place?
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's such a good question, too, because um, on my know, as a lender, Right, we, credit is one of the main things that we look at. It's actually the first thing that we look at when you submit an application. I go right to your credit report. Obviously I look at the score, but I look at the factors that make up this score. right? Um, so we're looking at, uh, do you have any sort of collections or charge offs? Uh, do you have any late payments? Um, are you maxing out your credit cards, right? How many credit cards do you have? How many inquiries are you getting? Um, all of those things kind of factor into what your credit score is, and I know people really on you have to be over a certain amount, yeah, above whatever it might be 700, 800, whatever they say. Um, I think that being conscious of your credit is super important, and, and you're totally right, you know, we, we don't get taught that in, in school when we're growing up, and it's such a major part of uh, you know adult life, right? Um, so a lot of times we go into what's called credit repair. Um, and that would be for, you know, if your credit is a little bit too low or you have too many derogatory marks on your credit. Um, so um, it really depends on the individual situation, but we do have, um, they're called what if scenarios, and it's a um, product that we have on the lending side um, that allows us to say, well, hey, if you paid this card down um by x amount of dollars your score would go up by x amount of points or if you disputed this collection or a charge off your score would go up by x amount of points and we can actually um time it out to uh three months six months nine months from now to see what your score would be and so it's a really helpful tool um for anybody that kind of doesn't quite get to the mark um, on that first
0: you know on the first go around yeah yeah no and that's cool that you guys have stuff like that because that just made me think of one of the first time home buyers that i've worked with and i think this is a common thought across a lot of younger people but they don't expect lenders and realtors to be on their side but i feel like that's important to like let people know because like genuinely like we're both just trying to get them in the best place and so it's nice that you guys have those abilities to kind of like see what would help them and what would like hurt them and and i'm um, really just get them in the best position and like no one's there to like take advantage of them it's really just all about the buyer so
1: yeah i'm happy you brought that up too because um when i talk to people and i'm sure you might get this thing and maybe a little bit less so but um it almost feels like They put up a a big defense. You know, they're a little bit defensive right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, especially on the lending side, um, people kind of think of us almost as you know we get this kind of stigma as like a used car salesman or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't fully understand kind of what my job is and what my role is. Um, And I'm sure the same for you. and it's yeah, it's tough. I mean, really, the, you have to educate them on what the process is, right? And and when you let them know, and when you specifically show them that you're on your side, um, right? Because words, you know, words hold a little bit of weight, but actions hold a lot more. Yeah. Um, when you show them that you're on your side, that's when you can kind of get that trust. But I um, mean, ultimately, um, both of our roles are it's kind of about educating uh, our clients about what we do and about um, what our role in the process is, what their role in the process is, Um, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of how you have to go about it. Um, it It's tough sometimes because, I mean, people do really get defensive, so.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I had one buyer, like, he didn't want to tell me um, his maximum offer that he wanted to put on the house, and I was like, well, I'm one submitting (laughs) the offer, so (laughs) I kind of need to know that. Like, just, it's funny what people think, like, is going on behind the scenes. I'm like, no, no, that's not it. But <laughs> yeah, exactly totally. what you said.
1: Oh, you yeah. and, and I mean, I have clients all the time that, um, kind of back to the defensive thing, right? They think that um, when I let them know, you know, so what happens is, you know, when a client talks to me, the, the first thing that they want to know about is what are the rates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's super important. Uh, but they think a lot of times they think that we, me as a lender, make the rates. That I, uh, that I control what the rate is <laughs> and that if I give them a higher or a lower rate, that I make more or less money. That's what that is a lot of times the conversation that I have and I have to explain to them that um you know it doesn't matter what the rate is, I am getting paid the same and I'm not getting paid for you, I'm getting paid by my company.
0: Yeah, so, that is um, so
1: funny. But it's it's it is kind of funny and it does go to show um that people just really don't know the process and, and that's not their fault. I mean there, there's no um, if I wasn't in this industry, I wouldn't know what the process is about buying a home, and I'm sure the same for you. I mean, it's yeah, we're not taught it, and it's something that we do a handful of times in our life, maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something interesting. Yeah, for sure. And like, I obviously don't blame people for their misconceptions because, like you were just saying, like I would have been so lost as a first-time home buyer, like if I hadn't been a realtor. So, totally don't blame them for that
1: one, but. You, I have a question for you. Um, you know, and, and it, it kind of goes the same for me, right? We're both younger in the industry, and, and if people listening don't know, you know, it's definitely dominated by the older generation, right? Like, you know, three, 40 years old and plus is kind of the average age. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that, you know, being a young realtor, especially in your case, you know, you're still in college, that people, um, your clients or maybe potential clients, um, have any sort of hesitation or, um, and anything like that?
0: So, no, I've never had that experience, and I don't know if I'm just like lucky or what, but um, people ask me that all the time like, how to deal with that. And I think that it comes down to just like presenting yourself with confidence and like knowing what you're talking about because no one's gonna question what you're saying if you say it confidently. Um, and, like, it's okay not to know everything, too, which is something I always say on TikTok. Like, you you can say, oh, let me check on that, and that's okay. Like, people aren't going to be upset. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've only ever had really like listing agents are probably the people that treat me the worst like which is funny and i think it's because they might have a little bit of a power complex like they're like yeah, I'm okay sure. i'm they're 60 and i'm 21 and they're on the same deal as me and so then they they're kind of like are a little bit shady but that's the worst i've ever dealt with it do you have that experience or uh
1: i i personally have not um and i think that number one it's because I think that, you know, where we're at right now working from home, I'm talking to people mostly on the phone.
0: Oh, true. Right?
1: They don't know what I look like. They don't know how old I am. Um, so I think that that's the, the number one thing. And then number two is, that you know, like, the confidence piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not even necessarily confidence, but it's just being knowledgeable on what you're doing. Um, you don't have to be a certain age for that. Obviously, experience matters, sure. Um, but it's not the only thing um and also i mean the honesty piece of it right saying i've had times where i've been speaking with realtors um clients even where i'm honest and say hey i don't know the answer to your question um but i'll go find out yeah right and that goes such a such a long way Mm -hmm. uh, especially because most people can tell when you're kind of guessing so yeah (laughs) it's uh it definitely it definitely is something that in our industry is not that common it is full kind of honesty
0: yeah it's also one of those things where like saying the wrong thing can be really bad really quickly and so like it's just better to just find the answers and people will appreciate that so much more than like getting their hopes up or like just getting false information in general so it's always always okay to ask
1: questions and like let people know that so yeah yeah yeah, you, you nailed it i mean it's uh you definitely don't want to start off on the wrong foot with it with a client or a realtor because i mean it can a bad piece of information can take the deal. Um, right. And also you know, that, that's something that I wanted to touch on too, is like for young buyers um, or first time home buyers or, or even experienced buyers, right? Um, when you're speaking with a lender or a realtor, um, you gotta know that um, your lender is your lender and your realtor is your realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times in my experience, um, Realtors and sometimes lenders, right? They'll they'll try to play both roles, um, and to me, that's a pretty big red flag because um, in this kind of world, you kind of have to fit in the mm-hmm. Um I'll get clients that come over to me and they say, you know, ask me all sorts of questions, and they say, you know, I give them whatever the answer is, and they say, well, my realtor told me X, Y, and Z, um, and then you have to have the conversation of, well, you know, unfortunately. That is not your realtor's job, yeah. right? And that is not your lender's job. Um, and this is kind of the reality of it, and it kind of sets up sets you up a little bit for you know on the back right, foot mm-hmm. um, already. That kind of stuff. So I think that if you're a first time buyer or a young buyer, where the case might be, like keep an eye out for that, right? If if you ask them a question about lending, maybe even do it as a test, right? If you have a question about lending or a question about you know, real estate ask them that
0: question and see if they defer to their lender or their realtor. I I think that's actually really important. No, same. And and on the flip side too, in the real estate like world and lending world, I think that just goes to like show you have to really trust like the people you're working with and that's why it's good to have connections and and things like that because you want to be able to defer your questions like and trust that that person that is working with you is gonna like handle that side of the the deal so that's just a little tip for my new realtor listeners
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah that's good yeah um
0: but so back to the like lending side of things we talked a little bit about debt and when it comes to credit and stuff um, so, there's obviously the debt to income ratio that plays a big factor. Can you explain that for people that don't know what exactly that is?
1: Yeah. So, a debt to income ratio is um, another big factor um, when it comes to qualifying for a loan, right? So, it's going to take your monthly debts and divide them by whatever your um, monthly income is. Um, so, or, me, or vice versa, monthly income, probably monthly debts and liabilities. And then also what's going to be included is, um, whatever the proposed mortgages, right? So if you're making $5,000 a month and you have $2,500, um, in debts and liabilities yes, uh, that proposed mortgage, you're going to have a debt-to-income. Now, typically, uh, you know, a good rule of thumb is to try and that around 40% or so. Um, but depending on the loan product, it can go all the way up to fifty-five percent um, your debt-to-income ratio, and that would be for something like an FHA loan. Um, so you know it's important to be mindful of um, of kind of what your debts are going to be, and that can be anything from student loans to uh, you know your car loan, credit card debt, um, anything like that is going to be counted uh, counted against you. Okay. And, Even, you know, back to the student loans too, Um, right now student loans, a lot of them are deferred. Um, So, you know, you're not paying anything on them. But from a lending standpoint, we do still have to um, count those against you. So we take either 1% or half of a percent of the outstanding loan loan amount and use that as part of your debt to income ratio. So, um, you know, it's just something to be mindful of and it's really important to have a realistic expectation based upon that. Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to have, uh, you know, $4,000 a month or $5,000 a month income um, with, you know, two or $3,000 in monthly debts and then expect to go get into a $500,000 house. Right. Right. You just have to step as expectations things for yourself. Um, and what I would say is just, uh, you know, just be mindful of, of what you're doing, especially if you're in that house hunt. right? Don't take on any new debts. Um, you know, don't open up a credit card. Don't put a bunch of... Uh, money on your credit card, um, definitely don't go buy a car. Yeah. Um, I've had that happen. Uh, Me and yeah, it's Yeah, it's, it's a true killer,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, I know, I, I don't know, that's like one of the first things I've learned to say to people is like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, because like, I'm just shocked at how much people like don't realize, like I had a girl quit her job um, two days before closing, and then they couldn't get the loan to close and she was mad at me and I was like, well, I don't know what you want me to do here. Like, I didn't quit my job, so.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's, it is tough too, because you are you run the line of, um, and I've seen, you know, comments on different real estate videos or anything like that where it's say like, well, you need to educate your client better right which is ultimately yes that is true yeah. but it, it, it draw it, it's a fine line of um okay well you know do I need to go over every single um thing not to do and every single thing to do with the client right. okay, I and mean, that would take um sometimes it could you could take a full day of being like hey uh you know make sure that you put your cash in the bank. Uh, make sure you don't buy a car make sure you don't do this right So yeah. it kind of um it's a fine line there yeah Um, it's definitely sometimes difficult
0: to navigate no for sure it's it's an interesting conversation usually like well what i used to say was like okay don't make any big financial decisions or changes in this like 30-day period um, but I think the misconception with, like, that specific client is that she thought that because we were closing in two days, like, it was over. Okay, but yeah. I don't know if that's my fault or her fault, but now I definitely tell people, like, wait until you close until closing
1: day. lesson lesson learned Less- Less the hard way, right? It's, yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate, that it'll never happen again,
0: I'm sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, well, cool. So, I, th- I think I just have, like, one more question, um, and this is something I get a lot of questions about, and that's qualifying amounts and how much to expect to be qualified for. I know that that's a really loaded question and there's so many factors that go into it, but, like, a lot of people coming out of college have no employment history, but they have money saved or some, sure. some sort of scenario like that. So, in that case scenario, is there still a possibility for them to like qualify or, or what kind of things do they need to do to put themselves in a better position?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I'm happy you said it's a loaded question because totally it's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. But no, that doesn't mean that it can't be answered. Um, so coming out of college, right, um, there's this kind of misconception of a two-year employment history, right, which um, isn't totally a misconception, but in the case of a college student, right, um, college kind of counts as that employment right so we we just aren't looking for any gaps right so we don't want you to have a job not have a job for a year and then have a job again um and that's kind of what that two-year gap is but in the case of a college student right you get a job out of college prior to that job you were in college it's easily explainable um so you don't have to worry about that i think that um having some money saved up Um, making sure that you are aware of um, what your, at least a reasonable um, awareness of kind of what your limits are gonna be as far as price point and things like that. I think a good place to start is actually just asking yourself, hey, what am I comfortable with paying each month? Um, And that amount is different for everybody. Maybe it's a thousand dollars, maybe it's $2,000. I think that if you can get to a point of what am I comfortable with paying, Typically, that's going to be under what you're approved for. Um, I tell people all the time, um, you're know, approved for X amount, but I suggest you go to you know maybe fifty thousand dollars beneath that or a hundred thousand dollars beneath that because the last thing that you want to do is have a house and be house poor. Okay? Right. Um, you can make the payment, sure. Um, you know, by the letter of the law, you can make the payment, um, but you can't do anything else. You do not have any sort of disposable income or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's a really good place to start is to to decide what you're comfortable with paying each month. And sometimes that's equivalent to whatever your rent is. You know, if you're paying a thousand dollars in rent each month, maybe that's what it is. Um, it, it really just depends. Are you planning to rent the house out to you know a friend, maybe um, to help cover the mortgage? Mm-hmm. Well, whatever that mortgage is divided by two, maybe that's what you're comfortable with. So um, there's a lot of different scenarios. Um, but, you know, it is a good question. I think just, uh, just seeing what you're comfortable with. And kind of, you know, go on um, Zillow or anything like that and kind of see what um, those payments would be for a house that you like. Um, now make sure that you're putting in the right parameters. But obviously, make sure that you are paying attention to what that down payment is, what that interest rate is, the tax rate, all of that good stuff. Because um, those can be a little bit misleading sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's at least a good way to get a ballpark estimate, right? um so that that's that's my suggestion to that um yeah and i wanted to kind of uh you know just say something to to the young buyers of, of people that are going to be buying soon as just kind of a little um just like a little guidebook almost sure um so i think there's like really three things to be really mindful of on the lending side so this might be a little bit different than you know the real estate side um number one is to just be conscious of your credit Right. Make sure you're making your payments on time. Don't get too many hard inquiries on your credit. And this is if you're sort of, you know, if you want to look in the next three to six months, right? If you're not looking for a couple of years, then you you can ignore this, but, um, you know, be conscious of your credit, right? Uh, The second thing is, is I already said it to have a realistic expectation of what you're going to be approved for. Mm -hmm. And also, again, what you're comfortable with. Um, Because those two things typically are going to be different numbers um you're going to be approved for more than what you're comfortable with mm-hmm. um so keep in mind. and then the last thing is to you know just do your research um whether it's about products or about different lenders different realtors, um the, the market that you're in whether it's baltimore for myself or you know washington dc or whatever it is it doesn't matter where you're at um you know just do your research and, and that can be as easy as going online or um you know, my recommendation would actually be to just get you know, on the phone and talk with a lender or realtor. It doesn't have to be um, anything serious. It can be a casual conversation. Um, and, you know, I don't charge anything for my time. And, you know, Me like, either. Okay, for their time. So, um, you know, it can be a really simple conversation. You can get a lot of good information about you know, from
0: this one. So, yeah,
1: um, absolutely. something to keep in mind.
0: No, totally. And, and we kind of, like, talked about this a little bit earlier, but like, my, my last piece of advice for home buyers that are new or they're young or they just don't know where to start is, like, don't be afraid to shop around for lenders or realtors. Like, if you get a weird vibe from someone or you just don't feel comfortable, like, that's totally okay, but this is, like, a big deal. Like, buying a house is a big deal, so you need to be comfortable where you're at, and um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, kind of interviewing some people and, and finding where you feel like is best you know
1: T- totally and, and you know it sometimes i'm gonna be honest it does hurt to do that because you know obviously i want everyone to work with me right, but the truth of the, the matter is um i'm not gonna get along with everybody right we may we may not work the best together you right. might work best with with somebody else um and that's just that's just what it is um and i think that's such good advice too is to um you know, obviously you want the best deal and that is very important. Mm-hmm. But I think that even more important than that is um, being comfortable with who you're working with. Right. Um, I would personally much rather work with, um, say somebody that's gonna be slightly worse deal, maybe the rate is a little bit higher, um, but I, I don't feel bad about working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a great point that you brought up. So I'm happy you did that.
0: Yeah, yeah well awesome so i feel like we gave a lot of really good tips here today um and i really appreciate you coming on do you have anything else that you want to say just final thoughts it's okay if you don't
1: um yeah no i, I mean i think we've we touched on everything and i i you know got what i needed to say I, i'll say that um obviously for me personally i'm starting to get to social media so um, you know, putting out uh, TikToks tick mainly just educational stuff. Uh, What's your okay. username? Yep, so it's gonna be at Loans by brod, and that's B R O D. And that's for Instagram and TikTok. So you know, just educational stuff. Hopefully, um, that will help people just want to know a little bit more about the process.
0: Yeah, awesome. And I'll definitely this will go up on YouTube and like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So I'll link whatever I can in the description, and you guys should go follow Brandon. Um, And if you are looking to buy a house anytime soon, definitely hit him up if you're in the the areas he's
1: licensed in. Yeah, again, that's going to be the DMV, Delaware and Pennsylvania. So I really, really appreciate you having me on, um, Mackenzie. And thank you again for your time. um, And we will talk soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Have a good rest of your day.